The Gallant View Rangers podcast is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them today on 01453 887 179 or hello at hhhmortgages.com. You can also find them online at hhhmortgages.com or on their Facebook page. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host for today. To try and work out how Rangers managed to beat the best team in the country in Sunday's Scottish Cup tie, I'm joined with a stellar lineup. First of all, Graham Curry. Graham, a happy man after yesterday, I'm guessing. Very happy, yeah. Delighted with the result and the performance to go along with it. Happy days. Also joining us, uh, Graham Campbell. Um, this is where it's going to get a bit confusing to Graham's. Graham, um, choose pod seniority. I'm going to have to Sunday name you for today, so don't feel like I'm giving you any trouble. No worries at all. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And last of all, Craig McAdam. Craig, this is your first pod as a married man. Always nice to see you're still making time for Rangers. That was part of my vows that the life's planned around Rangers. That's, that's how it works. Well, I've seen the photos and Ailey was beautiful, but it's, it was quite odd to see someone in a blue dress, but there you go. Um, Craig, I'll stick with you um, for the first point. Uh, on, on yesterday's result, we will go through the game in a bit of detail here, but the better team won all in all, didn't they? Aye, we, that's, that's it. We're better than them. It's, it's quite simple. Um, sure, we'll touch on Con- um, Kennedy's stupid points that he makes, but we're better than them in every department. They're, they're a bunch of individuals and we are a solid team that everyone knows what they're doing, everyone knows what their strengths are, we know how we can be effective and we know how to win games. And ultimately, we score a lot of goals and we don't concede many, so that's the perfect combination in football. Graham, uh, Graham Curry, sorry. You, you said last week, um, well, you and I both agreed that we shouldn't be fearing them at all yesterday and we were both confident. But after seeing Celtic yesterday, I don't want to spend too much time on them, but I they did have their chances, but it was so bizarre how overconfident they were last week. And like, that's from the fans right to their, their caretaker manager. False confidence. I don't know where it's coming from. I really don't. There's nothing to suggest in their performances recently that, that they've turned a corner. They're the same rabble. They're just so unstructured. They're so unorganised. They don't seem to have a, a way of playing the way we do. We've got a we've got a style and a, a way of playing. That there's clear tactics, and I just don't see it for that for that Celtic team. So where that confidence is coming from, I've no idea. I don't know if it's just um, bravado. That, that's why I can put it, don't you? It's just that they were trying to gear themselves up somehow. But that, yeah, we both agreed there was nothing to fear. And having seen the game yesterday, the, again, there's nothing to fear from them. They're going to need a massive, massive uh, rebuild job to, to even come close to us. So I, I can kind of see it from John Kennedy's point of view where he's interviewing for this job so he'll, he'll probably say anything to tang him in the door but in the course of the day it's nonsense and it was shown as to be nonsense yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday Rangers lined up with 
Alan McGregor, Nathan Patterson, Connor Goldson, Philip Hollander and Borna Barisic. Midfield three of Stephen Davis, Glenn Kamara and Scott Arfield. A front three of Ryan Kent, Joe Rebo and Alfredo Morelos. So, Graham Campbell, is there any surprises for that lineup when you seen that yesterday? Were you pretty happy with the lineup? Yeah, no surprises from me at all. I think, uh, obviously... Arfield's probably out of all of them the, the one that's been in and out of the team most um, this season out of, out of that starting 11. For me personally, I, I love to see Arfield, especially in that, that kind of middle three in games like this. There's certain games where Arfield is extremely well suited to and I always think that chucking him in no fun games is the right thing to do. I think Aribo in the first half especially was absolutely immense and you really see the benefit from having him in that front three. Him and Kent either side Morelos. I think looking at the performances, yeah, I think, think we were the better team. I think as the boys have touched on, we deserve to win the game. I think that probably highlights the lineup. There was no surprises really for me, but I think it was justified even if there was. I think we dominated the majority and we were excellent. I think, I think credit with Pierre is due. Every time we try and predict the lineup for uh, an old firm game, we know Gerrard's going to, it seems to be called a Walter Smith curveball. It's never a Stephen Gerrard curveball. It's, um, it's kind of talking the, the Walter curveball. But I think that me sometimes I always have the kind of niggle of doubt is he going to change the game plan depending on the on the opposition because I don't know if you remember like it was a couple of years ago against Brendan Rogers where we played with about 17 midfielders just because we were playing against Celtic but he's, as much as he does change up he doesn't seem to do that anyway he really trusts our own ability and our own tactics doesn't he? Yeah I think so you're absolutely right Colin I, I, would have, I did have one surprise I didn't expect Arfield to start and I'm so glad that he did I was expecting Hadji to start the game um, I thought that would have gave us more attacking um, opportunities and more attacking options. But now seeing the game back, I'm so glad that Arfield was in there. That that's that wee extra bit of steel and the wee bit of extra dig that, that Arfield gives you was um, really required, I think, yesterday. Um, so I was delighted to see it. Well, at the beginning of the game, I, I still fancied Hadji to to start but um, as I say in retrospect it was good to see Arfield there but yeah you're, you're, you're confident now We've, we are the better team and that's that's borne out by that result and by that um, by that performance you know you you would maybe have expected as you say that for um, the, the Brendan Rodgers game a few years ago where we were actually trying to tailor our game is to combat them it's the opposite way about they need to now combat us we are so good that they need to combat us I, th- I think we said it time and time again before just what you were mentioning about Haji and about wanting Haji in I, I, I would have liked to have seen Haji in yesterday I think I said that last week too but there's never a lineup or a kind of selection of players where I'm disappointed with at all. It's just that shows the strength and depth that we have. So, 
first 10 minutes probably a bit faster than what any other old firm that this season's been um, and I thought that would have suited Rangers with, with Celtic being so open Rangers are Rangers are the best when they're given the freedom to try and counter attack Craig, the first goal came 10 minutes in Steve Davis doing his best Jelovic impersonation talk us through this goal because it's not just uh, the Davis acrobatics um, there's so much good play for Kent and Aribo as well. Uh, even going back before that, it starts Celtic are on the break. It's, I'm sure it was at Callum McGregor, I think, charging down and if he takes a bit of a heavy touch and goals and gets a good tackle on. So that's straight away. It's our centre-back that's started this move off. Um, and obviously the turn from Kent was sensational, wasn't it? Just sent Brown to the shops, I think it was. There's a picture now, the classic Davy Weir picture, when he's just running the opposite direction of the ball. There's now a Scott Brown one that I love to see. <laughs> uh, he done it twice, he does it. We'll maybe touch on it again in the second half. Brown had, um, Kent had an amazing turn against Brown in the second half and get a shot away, but we'll, we'll come back to that one. It's um, like funny that they were calling that his last dance yesterday, wasn't it? <laughs> the eyes, the turn was so good. Then just to play from a rebo as well, it's like we've seen Laxell obviously getting subbed at half time just because they couldn't handle Aribo and Patterson as well. He roasted them a couple of times just down that right hand side. Um, I, I never even got to enjoy the goal properly because I thought it was offside. I had to had to keep myself calm for a wee second just to make sure it wasn't getting ruled off, and then then I could go and enjoy it. Um, but I, Davis said it himself. What's what's he doing in the box? That's he's thirty six. He sits in the middle of the park and he doesn't know why he was in there, but delighted it is and just followed the play and some finish as well wasn't it it's it's a sort of goal that if you were guessing you'd maybe say like Hadji or Rebo or somebody like that would get you wouldn't pick Steve Davis to do that but delighted he did well Graham Campbell it's um I think it highlights how clever a, a player Stephen Davis is I had to it didn't quite show you in the highlights on the game but if you rewind back the passage of play it's no, it's no. What Craig was saying there, it's not like a striker's instinct. He's really running to the back post. He's he's running down near near a rebound on the right hand line, but he sees Celtic players go in. He drop into certain areas, and he just changes his run about three or four times until he eventually goes into the back post. It's it's just cl- such clever, clever running. It really is, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, I think what's clear with the goal. I mean, Davis touched on, he doesn't know why, how he was in there. It's his experience. The guy is 36 years old now. He's played in the Premier League for the majority of his career. He knows this game specifically. And I guess it was just that experience that's taken him into the the right place in the box. And I think that ball could have fallen to maybe more than half a team. And I don't think it would have been as a composed finish. I think potentially that's not a goal if it doesn't fall to one of the right players that we want it to. And Davis was one of those right players. Again, purely experience. The ball ricochets, comes off a Celtic defender, bounces up awkwardly, and he goes at it. Overhead kick. Like it was it was absolutely class. And as I say, I just don't think everyone in our team could have could have finished that or been in that position, and it's purely down to experience. Experience kind of drifted him into that position. Brilliant. I think Craig just made a slight mistake there. It was, it was not actually that time he'd done that turn, Craig. Um, that was the, the later on in the game, but this was the, the game, um, maybe I'm misremembering it, but I think this is the one that um, 
Welsh clattered him. He clattered Kent. But did he do the turn before he done that? Uh, that, that, that uh, it was the same phase, so he done it the turn. same phase. And he was running up uh, and get clattered. Uh, maybe that's why Davis was so far forward because Kent had been wiped out. So I think he had to then support the midfield and, and make his way to get get yourself forward for that. Um, but it was delightful. I don't know. I've misremembered it there as well. But um, it was good to see that see that Brown. I mean, his his career ended about a year ago. But that was an absolute nail in the coffin yesterday. The way he was absolutely humiliated. It was fantastic to see. The amount of times he was just so far off the pace. He got nutmegged a few times. He was turned so many times. It was it was absolutely fantastic to see. And Graham, we, we spoke last week, or that I mentioned last week about the the, the setup of this Rangers team. What's been different this year is has been individual creativity and individual brilliance and I think you've seen that from both Kent and Aribo for the first goal and then definitely Aribo for the second goal as well that really I think that just really sums up the difference between Rangers and Celtic this year it's the short short passes as well everything we do is fantastic these wee triangles that we're doing we're so technically gifted and being able to just take the ball lay it off nobody's nobody shies away for, for taking a ball and you know short spaces are or close, um, if they've been closed down, they're all happy to accept the ball and they'll always find a, a way out. But that creativity that you're mentioning there, it, it, um, it breeds confidence and it, it shows because it then you've got Patterson charging down the line, taking guys on. He skipped inside um, Laxal and then he skint Brown and the, I know he had the shot into the side net and he could have maybe pulled it back, but... To actually have done that, 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 that confidence and that confidence is coming from the whole team being able to do that. So, yeah, fantastic to watch. It's really, really good to see. Yeah. Celtic did have a, a fairly dominant, maybe eight or ten minutes in the first half. Coming up with a few chances, I'll be honest, I'm a panic merchant. Um, uh, a couple of years I've watched games with me, I am, you know, I'm, I'm very much a pessimist um, <laughs> in an old form. I had me shit myself. I think there's two types of Rangers fans who could describe this period differently. In the one hand, you could say they were always going to have chances in an old firm, uh, but it's good to see we weathered the, the storm. Or oh, you're like me, watching this through the prism that we're allowing them far too much space, too much opportunity. Craig, where, where, would you, where did you sit in that period? Uh, I wouldn't say I was ever massively concerned. Um, I usually... In the morning of an old farm, I usually get a gut feeling and it quite often tends to be right. And I woke up yesterday morning, minus a hangover. But apart from that, feeling brilliant. Like, I was so confident going into the game, which isn't always the case. Even even the last um, old farm at Parkhead, I wasn't that confident about it. Um, managed to get a draw that day. Um, so it, it just goes in the sort of gut feeling you get in the morning. And yesterday morning, I felt I was so confident. And then during the game, like I Celtic had sort of half chances and McGregor got involved and had a few good saves, but I, I was never concerned really. I didn't think at any point we were going to chuck this away. And speaking about differences for last year, um, or the last couple of years, I think where Rangers have really struggled in, in all competitions and against the majority of teams is when they let teams back in there, or no let teams back in there, when teams start to maybe get a bit more confidence in them, Rangers always like typically have failed to get a second goal. 
Graham Campbell, I think this this goal came absolutely at the right time and just shows the killer instinct we have this year. Um, another really well worked goal for Arebo, but I think more than, more than anything, it came at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about that period that they had. Again, that is the difference that we can weather a storm like that. Well, I call it a storm, 10 minutes of maybe dominant play, but you're mad if you're not going to. Um, say Celtic don't have some half decent players especially in the middle of the park guys that can create space like Cal McGregor David Tumble that, that can do something with it we'd be mad to think we're going to go through the whole 90 minutes and completely dominate the whole game the difference is it almost drove us into stepping up a gear we'd maybe started not sluggish we were alright but we just went up that extra gear um, and we are weathering that so to speak to then turn that round and create a chance and a blast on ball across the, the front face of the goal and, and Kenny's put that in his own net it absolutely came at the right time no doubt about that and again it just shows how clinical we are this season even potentially when we're not playing at our best and I don't think we have been playing at our best this season against Celtic in any of the games but we do still grind out the results yesterday I wouldn't say we grind out but we won 2-0 I mean it was comfortable let's face it it was. And that the fact that that's a, an own goal, I think I think own goals like that the the term gives themselves an injustice because if an own goal implies it's like just an error or like something that should have been avoided, if Kenny's no doesn't get to that, Kent's tapping it in. Um, it was gonna be a goal regardless. Um brilliant ball in fair able and really good quick feet. Just the the last shot of things and the chances Celtic made, because I don't want to um, I don't want to paint this picture that it was all Celtic and Rangers just um, well allowing them chance after chance. Rangers were the best team yesterday, but Graham Curry um, uh, again in the second half, a couple of chances came to Celtic, but I think these were a bit different. I think we we were maybe causing some errors. I don't know if we maybe were taking a, got a bit complacent. Uh, we allowed Celtic some errors, so Edward getting a sitter, um, I think your centre-halves were caught too high up. Obviously, Patterson giving the ball away for Elianus' chance. Was that just maybe switching off mentally a bit, do you think? I can't think of many times we switched off except Patterson giving it away. That was a slack pass back. But other than that, you've got, as Graham says, you've got to expect that they're going to come up with a couple of chances now and again. It's... It's to be expected, and your goalie's there to make sure that they, they don't go in the net. But even when they did get in the box, I felt like <clears throat> Goldson and Hollander dealt with it well. They were hard in the tackle. They were they were a lot closer to the the, the strikers, and they closed everything down. So there was no there was no real. I can't think of anything. No, there was no real. Um, real threat to our goal that I can think of. I know the uh, was it the boy? I forgot his name. I just mentioned his name as well. The, the well, young boy. Yes, Stephen Welsh. Stephen Welsh. Welsh. Nah, he, he missed a sitter, and then Ayer missed a sitter right after it. Well, um, off he has his shot. Um, McGregor saved a beauty, didn't he? Would get done because that boy took a, a heavy touch. But no, I, I think we dealt with everything fine. There was nothing. Even when they were creating those chances, I was never worried. I was never worried that we weren't uh, they were going to put us under any any type of pressure at all. And even if they did, even if they did do that, we would um, we would have come back stronger. 
what I will say is obviously we're talking about some of the saves McGregor made and, and I'm sure we all enjoyed Strachan's run at the end of the game but him talking as if McGregor being man of the match is a bad thing or it, it showed um, the game in a different light it, 11 we've got 11 players in the park they have 11 players in the park our goalkeeper making some saves that's what he's there to do whether he's man of the match or not he's a, he's one of our 11 players if they want to get more competitive, then they should have invested in a decent goalkeeper um, or certainly made more in getting Foster back. When we lost the League Cup final and Foster was a man in the match, I don't remember sympathy coming in from Gordon Strachan then. So we can talk about Alan McGregor and some of the saves he made, but their problem is they've not been clinical this season. Our, we have. And that's the difference. So clinical at both ends, as you say, Graham. It's at both ends, you need to be clinical. McGregor is. I do hate that cliche when when a pundit tries to sum up uh, a game or well their goalkeeper was man of the match, that tells you everything you, you need to know. No, it tells you they've got a good goalkeeper. You don't get an analysis if a, if like Morello scores a hat or whatever or their striker um scores a hat it tells you everything you need to know. It tells you nothing about the game. But would I guess um Craig, Rangers did have a couple of good chances in the second half and I find the big two for me were Morelos. Um, Morelos kind of snapshotting off the back of Kent, striking from outside the box, and Davis making a chance at his end. He strips past players into the box, kind of similar to what we've seen last week when he created that chance against Sibs. I don't think, I think Rangers knew they were comfortable being 2 0 up yesterday and we weren't really chasing a third goal, but I think we could have done better um, with these chances. I'd say one of one of the reasons we've been so good this season and possibly we've seen it in like Europe as well under Gerard is just how we can manage games. Like we know when we need to go for it, when we can sit in and and it's when we sit in but our shape's so good and we're so compact that it's hard for teams to get through us, but then we've got pace from Kent and Aribo and if it's Tav or Barisic pushing us on, um in the big games from the fullbacks, Patterson was doing it yesterday. It's we can break in teams so quickly. Um, so I think we didn't make a huge amount of chances in the second half, but purely just because we didn't have to. We were comfortable. We were organised. The pressure was on Celtic to try and break us down, and then we can just pick them off when whenever we get the chance. Um, I think that's only the real sort of two chances I can think of in the second half. Um, the Morelos one came on the back of the. The second time Kent Dunbrown that I was talking about spun away from him, got his shot away. Um, it's one of them. It's it's came quite quick at Morelis, hasn't it? If he's maybe on his toes a wee bit sharp, he could have directed it into a corner possibly, but I'd say that's hard to criticise him. Um, then the Davis one. Davis, we usually think's a bit of a pure low, but after yesterday, I think he's messy now. The way he's dancing into the box and skipping by players, overhead kicks, so maybe he's reinventing himself at 36. I know. I think I think it was Emma Dodds that said he was defying science, and he's like, uh, I, I think that's a, a fair assessment. Um, big big talking point. Obviously, Celtic were awarded a penalty with about ten minutes to go, as Joe Aribo was deemed to have fouled Griffiths in the box as he was going for the second ball uh, from a deflected free kick. Um, really could have been a turning point. Graham, Charlie, I'm going to come to you, um, and I, I think I'm going to get shot down here. For me, it wasn't a free kick, but I think the penalty was the right call. 
Um, borderline for me. It's definitely not a free kick. I'll give you that. I don't know. It's 50-50 for the penalty. I, no, Colin, I'll disagree with you. I don't think it was a penalty. I don't think there's enough in it to, to warrant the, the penalty. Um, the way he's been doing is one. So Griffiths has been doing and he's spun his body around. I think that's enough to tell you that there wasn't anything in it. And he's actually made that decision for the referee. I think the referee's looking through a body of uh, a, a body of players, if you like, and hasn't got a clear view on it. But he's seen that Griffiths has made the most of it. And I don't know if he's... No, I'm, no I don't think it's a penalty, Colin. It's not for me. I, I was drawn on the. I always try and look at these decisions. Uh, if that was, if that was Scott Brown on Ryan Kent, I would be screaming for a penalty in the other end. Um, I, I know what you mean. It's soft, but I think, I think if it happens outside the box, you, you'd be looking for a free kick. Um, I don't know. It's end of the day, it was given anyway, and to know the uh, to know of to know detrimental impact. Um, Graham Campbell, McGregor's save. Um, a lot of people are saying it was a poor penalty, but I think you still need, to, uh, you still really need to give credit to Alan McGregor as well. He's went the right way. He's got a really firm hand on it. Like just because it's no tap bin doesn't mean it can't be a, a poor save. Yeah, I think I think there's an old adage: if somebody scores a penalty, any scoring penalty is a good penalty. I think any save penalty is a good save. You still need to dive the right way. You still need to get the ball. Um, he's pan. Out well, and then Goldson comes in with the header. Look, um, McGregor knows how to save penalties against Celtic, and yeah, even though I actually disagreed with Graham, and it was a penalty. I was surprised Gerard came out after the game and was really like, I actually mentioned his interview um, that it should never have been a penalty. I, I, I didn't. When it was given, I had no real complaints. I didn't notice many Rangers players having complaints. But I guess it is one of those, depending on where you look at or how you see the game. Um, but yeah, it didn't matter. Um, could have been a turning point. Yeah, would have made the last 10 minutes extremely unenjoyable. Um, but McGregor came to the rescue. And that killed him, didn't it? That actually, that was the, the one chance. They didn't have anything after that. They just they just um, folded after that. Don't remember anything after that. So um, you can say that McGregor won his game just by doing that. There is turning points in certain games when you just know it's not going to be a day. I mean, see if you look at the League Cup final for last season, where even before Morelos missed the penalty, I think there was a save, it might have been by Ryan Jack. Foster got to it and no idea how he got to it, and you just knew it wasn't going to be a day. But stuff like that, when Jaime McGregor saved that penalty 10 minutes ago, and it's, you, you could see, you could see the the aye, the wind coming out of Celtic sail and it was all all the better. What I will say is just obviously again we'll go back to it. They it wasn't their day. Um, they missed a lot of chances anyway. Edward puts the puts the ball over the bar from six yards out. Again, whether it wasn't their day or not, whether they had a lot of chances, if you're not clinical you're not going to win games. That's why they're twenty points behind us in the league. That's why we've won the league so early. They're not clinical enough. We've got a great goalkeeper. We've got an extremely strong forward line with lots of strength and depth. That's their issue. Yep, and here's hoping it's an issue for, for aye, the foreseeable. 
Craig, it's it's hard when it's hard when the other half of the old firm go out of a domestic cup because it is Rangers to lose, but at the same time they can't be cocky, they can't be complacent. We've seen that way St Mirren as well. Um also we've got a double header this week against St Johnston. Playing St Johnston away in the league on Wednesday and then in the cup on Sunday. So how does Gerard play this? Like does he does he does he freshen up for the league games and play the stronger squad on um on the, the cup games or does he try and do a mixture of both or does he just try and keep momentum? I think the the squad's that good just now that even if we did make three or four changes on Wednesday night, I don't think it would actually upset us or disrupt the rhythm in the team in any way. We've got plenty of good players that can come in. Um the, for me, the priority is the Scottish Cup. Obviously, we do want to go undefeated in the league. Um, that'd be an amazing achievement. But if it meant that we made some changes during the week to make sure we give St. Johnson a, a govern at the weekend, then fair enough for me. Um, the league was obviously the priority for the season. We've done that. Um, if we go undefeated, it will obviously be a massive bonus and it'll be something we can look back on and, and talk about in years to come. But I would much prefer that we we focus in the Scottish Cup and win it but as I say it's, the squad's that good like making changes shouldn't really affect us um, well, I wouldn't like to see us making seven or eight changes but if we make two or three changes then that should just keep us ticking over I would say um, most important thing for us now is to, to win the Scottish Cup and it's teams the only t- teams between us and doing that we've beat comfortably this season so it's really up to us if we stay on top of our game and go out with the right attitude nobody in Scotland can live with us and we've, we've seen that time and time again this season I think there will be changes this week for the midweek game I think Gerard mentioned it in his post-match so I think there will be a couple of people rested as you say let's no rest seven but I think maybe two or three might be getting um, swapped in and out but who that's to be you know remains to be seen maybe Tav gets a run out you know maybe he needs a maybe bleeding in sort of Get him a run out in case we do need him when the if if and when Patterson gets suspended, um, he's going to need to, um, a wee bit of game time and maybe a couple of others need a wee bit of a rest. But um, yeah, I think there will be changes. Something that you'd particularly like to see you get some minutes this week. I know for me, I'd, I'd I'm choking for Scott Wright to get a start against. Uh, <laughs> against MD other than Cove Rangers and I feel like I've been saying this since the first week in February so now that I've said it again he will be on the bench but uh, Graham Campbell's in him MD you'd like to see get some minutes this week I think it's important that we look the Scottish Cup's priority there's no doubt but at the same time I'm wanting some of these squad players that we are going to need to use over the next year or two, guys that we've actually invested in, getting some of the big game time and for me the big game time is the Scottish Cup I'd actually, I actually do wonder whether we'll give Patterson the Scottish Cup and we'll start playing Tav for the remainder of the league games um, whether we might see somebody like Wright in the Scottish Cup whether we'll see somebody like um, Simpson John McLaughlin though I kind of almost spine a, a spine of squad players for the Scottish Cup we need to get these guys prepared for another full season, um, going toe-to-toe with all sorts, going for trophies. We're not going to do that, continually keeping them on the bench. And I don't see what they learn or get out of playing dead rubber Scottish um, Premier League games the rest of the season. 
So I would quite like to see them in the big games. It mean a lot, some form of spine like that, like you're saying, right, Patterson, um, maybe Simpson or something like that. I don't know. I doubt it's going to happen. Certainly Patterson, I'd like to see him share the rest of the games with, with Tav going forward. No, I think it's um, it's all fine and well was saying we want one eye in the f- future as well, and Gerard will have that. But Jay Jenkins something playing in Gerard's mind that he's no one a cup in his uh, three seasons at a time. This is this will be what uh, his sixth attempt at winning a domestic trophy. So I, I think he'll be thinking that play the strongest squad possible and just get that one over the line. Yeah, that's what it will be. Um... It's, we'll be giving it everything to win this, and that will be the mentality. Because um, the cup record's not good enough. It's as simple as that. Um, and the only way you change that is by winning cups and picking up trophies. So the, the full focus needs to go on it. And we said it in the League Cup after Celtic got knocked out that it's a perfect chance for us to go and win it. And then we had our one off night in domestic football this season, so we can't afford for that to happen again. Um, I think the hearing for the for Patterson and the rest of them's tomorrow, so they'll probably get their ban, I would imagine. Um, even if that is a few games, then it means we need to think what we're doing with Tav. Um, for Wednesday night, for example, we might not have Patterson um, going by the, the hearing, so if they've got their ban, will Tav be fit enough to play Wednesday night and at the weekend as well? Um, or do we need to think about maybe just shoehorning something in it right back for Wednesday night so that Tav's ready for the weekend? Um, but as I say, for me, the focus is fully on winning the cup. So if Tav can only play one, I would I would save him for the weekend, um, which gives us a bit of a problem, really, who you do play it right back, because I think Balogun's still injured as well, isn't he? So unless you maybe go for, like, give like, young Leon King a chance, but he's maybe a wee bit too young for that, Um and he is more of a centre-back than a right-back as well. Or do you maybe just fit one of the midfielders in? Do you shove Arfield there for one game or, or something like that? Um, but if there's any doubt about Tav, I wouldn't be playing him during the weekend. And at the weekend, I'd be saving him for the weekend. Yeah, so here's hoping that uh, in, a, in an ideal world, um, the bandits thrown out the window. Tav near back, uh, fully fit as well. Um, that's, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um, other news that kind of popped up over the last week or so since we last spoke. Um, Graham Curry, I'll come to you for this. Uh, Glenn Kamara was awarded a, a four-match ban for, I don't know, being racially abused. I don't know what, what, what it actually was. Um, and Andre Cadella was given a 10-match ban. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't really know if there's much more we, we can say than what's not been said. I mean, I think... For Glenn Kamara, it was a five-match ban they wanted to give him at first, which was a farce. And Cadella, for me, only getting the absolute minimum they, minimum they can give for racism just really sums up how UEFA see racism and how they want to manage it. Yeah, so all down in the priorities. It's a token gesture, and as you say, it's a minimum. I know there's some um, comparisons out there, like Rio Ferdinand getting banned for no turning up for a drugs test. There was a guy that um, flashed his boxers that had an advertisement on it. He got a ban. Um, the boy Trippier, um, he got a hell of a ban for uh, talking to his pal about, I don't know, a betting thing. But, uh, yeah, it's just so so unjust, I think. 
it's so unjust and when you compare it to what Kamara's actually go, it's it just makes a mockery of it. That it's a shambles in organisation. It really is a shambles of an organisation that um I get the impression it's kind of like the way the SFA was. Well probably still is, but it's like committees, you know, they're all committees and they're all, you know, the blazers and they just go by what it says in a rule book and they just try and met out the met out the punishment based on what's in a rule book when they need to see the bigger picture. They really need to s- and engage gauge the gauge the, the, the room or gauge the atmosphere along amongst football. It's like everyone everyone to a man out with the Czech Republic was absolutely you know, condemning it to the hill and they've just no read it right. They've just given the bare minimum and yeah, there's no much more that can be said. It was just a ridiculous decision. Um I, I don't know what Kamara get get banned for. If it's, it sounds to me as if he's lamped somebody in the tunnel. I didn't know that happened. Um, I know they were all waiting outside the dressing room for them and were waiting for them to come out, but I wasn't aware that he had actually done anything about it. But you can't, I mean, you can't, uh, can't criticise him if he did put put one on somebody's chin for it. Hopefully he did get Cadella for it, but I'm not sure if that's what happened. But yeah, ridiculous bands. I think from a from a purely football point of view as well, it means our Champions League qualifiers are now going to be without Kamara and Roof um, next season, which is far from ideal, especially when we don't know what's going to happen this summer. Is Morelos away by then? Then we're without Roof. Not exactly giving Atten the most amount of football we could have a season either. Um, so definitely from a footballing point of view as well, forgetting the fact that. As as we've said, Chief, I've just balled it um, disgraceful, really. But from a football point of view, it's an absolute kick in the teeth for us. Our goal is the Champions League as well. It's what we all want, us back in the Champions League. And those are two very, very important players to be missing for minimum a full game. And is that, is that the final decision? Sorry to interrupt there, Colin. Is that the final decision? So the five games been given, we've appealed it and got four. Is that the final? That there's no further appeal to that. As far as I know, aye. Aye. That's Pish poor, isn't it? Pish poor. And I think UEFA went for the path of least resistance here, and you know I think uh, they they've gave the minimum ban they can to Andre Cadella, and because because the kick up they've made publicly, they've seemed to have had to have punished Rangers for some some form or another, so they've gave four bands to the roof, which nobody's really talking about. Four bands for for a clumsy tackle, uh, sorry, four matches for a clumsy tackle, it's probably a bit, bit much. I mean, where, anywhere else you would have wrote three matches because it, serious foul play, absolutely, but it's that extra that extra um, matches just went on to soften the ball to, to Slavia Prague. But it now means that and much of this is about the individuals, absolutely the individuals. But if you look at the club impact, the Rangers have been fined nine thousand pounds or nine thousand euro or whatever for not not um, handling their players correctly because there was X amount of bookings. So I Prague have had nothing. Um Cadella, his ban actually counts for the European Championship games. So there's every chance that Rangers as a club are gonna get more punished than Slavia Praga because Rangers are paying the, the fine and 
the start of next season, they'll have they'll be without Kamara and Roof, as Graham said. But Cadella could be back in for that. It's it's a farce for start to finish. <clears throat> but before we before we start wrapping up for this week, then we'll we'll bring it back to a positive note. Um, season ticket renewals have uh, the emails went out, and Craig, I'll come to you for this. Um, what, Rangers announced that they're going to be freezing prices. I think. For me, I think that was the best I could have hoped for. I never expected it to be a cut price or anything, but even more importantly, it signals uh, the light at the end of the tunnel that we might be getting back into Ibrox. This was, this was a good email to get. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, I think probably sentimentally the club maybe would have liked to have like given us a discount this year based on the fact we've all bought them last year and not been to a game, but realistically the amount of money that's been lost from hospitality and everything else it it's probably just not practical to to do anything that um other than just freeze the prices because you can't can't increase them that does slap in the face of the fans if they increase the prices and just financially i don't think you, you could add any discount to it um so i am happy enough with um keeping the price the same and looking forward to my email coming in the next few days so get that bank account of yours looked after colin <laughs> I think as well, obviously, yeah, freezing the prices, it's the right thing to do. Obviously, our European runs helped immensely. Another, I mean, I think it's more than 12 million we made. I think we made about that last, I can't remember the exact numbers, but we've made we've made a fair whack just getting to the last 16 again. Obviously, though, it might touch on, again, the, the, the way we're going to go down the selling route this summer, maybe a couple of players. I would expect a fair whack of uh, well, a fair size but amount of money coming in for potentially one or two players going out. Um, so that's obviously potentially got something to do with it. But uh, just talking about everyone buying season tickets when we've not been at a game and my Jers membership as well. I mean, 27,000 fans buying a my Jers membership for 40 plus quid is, is unbelievable. Again, it's, it's outrageous. Really are top class fans. It's phenomenal. Graham, um, do you think uh, do you think we'll be back in um, Ibrox before it is for the, for the start of next season to see the flag unfold? Yeah, I think so. I think we'll be back by then. I think things are going to start to... Um, unless there's another variant, but if things continue the way they're going, I, I'm confident that... Um, We'll start to get opening up. You know, Hamden's getting opened up for the Euros. Uh, Wembley's getting opened up. So, if it will be an August start, I'm assuming. So, if it's an August start, then yeah, that's four months down the line. And by that point, I think we'll be almost back to normal. I think the pubs will be open properly, theatres will be open properly, cinemas and things like that. So, I think gatherings, and I, I actually think it'll be back to, um, I hope I'm no jinxing this, but. I actually think it'll be back to capacities as well. I think we'll be able to be in a place where we can all gather again, you know, and the, the, the rollout of the vaccine should hopefully be well rolled out to everybody by then. Um, so, yeah, I'm confident that we'll, be, we'll all, be able, all be able to be back in the stadium by then. Fingers crossed then. Right at the end of the tunnel, and I think um, that, was, that was a wee positive spin you put in there, Graham. Another positive spin is I feel I know a bit more about you. I didn't expect you to say theatres as the second choice there after pubs. So I didn't, didn't have you down as a theatre kind of guy. But then... I, I like a musical. 
So, rounding off the week, as we always do, Twitter pattern of the week, your chance to tell the listeners what's the funniest thing you've seen on the world of social media, football, uh, Rangers related or football related or on telly, whatever. I'll kick us off. Um, someone posted a photo of like an Asian sweatshop factory where there's literally thousands upon thousands of workers working away and the caption was the Christophe factory making an early start on the Scottish Cup quarterfinal commemorative training range. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Mainly because I think it might happen. Um, they're fucking releasing a <laughs> Graham Curry, what have you got for us this week? This is a tweet in response to Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime had put out the last five results in the old firm derbies. And a guy had, obviously a Celtic fan, had responded to say, cancelled my subscription for that tweet alone. Everybody just jumped on him. Everybody, you know, Jeff Bezos, uh, Bezos is going to be devastated that he's going to lose out your 10 quid there, aye. That might bankrupt him, aye. That's... Graham Campbell, do you have anything for us? Yeah, mine's, mine's uh, not Rangers related. Is that too controversial? Oh, no, go for it, mate. Um, it has to do with the European Super League stuff I saw today how somebody said they've realised how in 50 years people are going to be talking about how Ronaldo Messi didn't do it in the Super League they only did it against farmers (laughs) (laughs) Just on the Super League there was some um, there was some English uh, conference league tweeted today um, I don't know it's like fucking Basingstoke United or something the tweet was just we would like to confirm we are <laughs> we are not taking part in the European Super League enjoy that Craig finishes off with what won Twitter yesterday the undisputed award this is the the tweet of the year not the tweet of the week uh, Rangers tweet at the end of the game yesterday saying a win against the best team in the league that's See the guy does the Twitter account. He deserves a medal for fifty-five just for that tweet alone. That's sensational. <laughs> there will be uproar if he doesn't get either a medal or a fuck off raise at the end of this. <laughs> he deserves it. But that will bring us to a close. Um, all we have to do is find my guest first of all, Craig McAdam. Cheers, boys. Graham Campbell. Thank you. And Graham Curry. Thanks, boys. Champions. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Take care.